Last time on Oppressed by Sun. Weakened by their assassination of the Grand Custodian of the Elven Forest, our heroes were ambushed by a purple worm, which managed to swallow both Jennifer and Varian. After barely surviving, our heroes were forced to bunker themselves inside the lair of the dead worm. Today, they begin their journey south, through the terrible blighted lands, hoping to make their way to the Grove of the Stone Giant, where another familiar evil awaits. Episode 16 A Drug Pushing Hippie He flew off ten minutes ago yeah. and he's going to be reporting shit. to somebody and they're going to be coming back here very soon. So I don't think we have time to do much else but run at this point and hide. Find a place to hide. I'll set up my dome. Maybe even underground if we find some place or this sucker of a buried out of the ground. We could run to the top of this uh building and go down into its tunnel a ways. I like it. Let's and follow its tunnel see how far it goes. So we build it back to the top of the, of okay. the hill uh-huh. and we go into the So you guys climb up the top of the hill. That takes a little while. It takes about 20 minutes. That's fine. We're okay. running. We're like running I'm, as yeah, you run to the top. I'm leaving some seeds on the, uh, just in the, in the, the course. No, it's a blighted land. Nothing will grow here. Uh, mushrooms will because they thrive <laughs> on death. Alright. 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 I can go with that. They'll be blighted mushrooms, but whatever. That's fine. Very loves <laughs> all nature. Okay. All right, but if we Most go, in, if we go dead, into though. these tunnels, I don't know where they're going to lead us to. We're just going to find a spot where we can rest. I'm also going to blast that worm with my vine staff. Okay, that seems to make sense. You blast it with your vine staff? Yeah. You some kind of abomination? It's going to be good. Vine. It's going to be... There's the blight and the growth. After bunkering down in Jennifer's tiny hut, our crew was able to get a short rest, spending about eight hours. That's when Varian notices something. Varian alerts you that he heard some noises and shouting at the top of the uh, hole before. Um, and so you're on sort of the lookout, but you don't notice until they're pretty close. Two wood elves are like crawling through the crawl space here. Check into the room where you're in, look around, and then pass on. You're summoning a brown bear inside the hut? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So it's not this space anymore. <laughs> Now it's all like a giant Good bear. bear. Giant bear is taking up like eighty percent of the otherwise available space. Uh, yeah, you know what's really why, cozy like, to sleep hey, with. Hey, hey. This is why everybody hates druids right here. Sleep <laughs> <laughs> without their fucking teddy bears. Excuse me. Everyone in the party can get a blankie with this. Since the investigators seem to overlook them, the team waits several hours before moving. And then we all head back up to the surface and we start making our way out there. All right. Yeah, I like that plan. Alright, so you guys climb back up, and it's still light, but not too light. You see that the site has been thoroughly cleaned. So you guys head down the path, head around the mountain, and start walking through the blighted lands. Now the blighted lands are, there are no plants, except wispy, dry holes of of, of rotting, sort of half-dead plants. It's rocky and choppy. It's It's like a rubbled wasteland. There are, every once in a while you'll see ancient trees that have sort of petrified broken, fallen states and conditions all about, and you're picking your way through this broken landscape. It's pretty slow going, and it's exhausting. Now, the sun begins to come up. Let's keep pushing on for a little ways, and then set up. Do we have cloaks of Elven Kind now? If there's some aerial surveillance, they're going to see little blips. Do we have any place to hide? There are occasional fallen tree trunks, 
uh, which create like sort of pockets underneath in cases, or uh, but they're they're like petrified almost and poisoned and sort of bluish in color. As background for why this world is so dangerous, all of the sun-controlled territories are patrolled by millions of sun methods. Through the 18 hours of daylight, the sun methods tirelessly spy upon the every inch of these lands, reporting any suspicious behavior to their masters. This is what makes travel through this world so dangerous. I say, like, I mean, as soon as the sun methods start to stir, gosh, we gotta put down. I don't care about traveling in the sunlight as far as exhaustion goes, but we can't, we can't have, uh, we can't have swooping in on top of us. We have folks of a kind now, guys. Remember, I still like it. I'd rather just bunker down now. I mean, it's not... Well, I mean, fine. If you, Varian, want to bunker down, I'm okay with that. So, you do see a couple of methods. They seem to be on patrol, but they do not notice you in any way. As your cloaks protect you from their prying eyes. After a while, they decide to set up the hut beneath a fallen, petrified, bluish, blighted tree. That's when they notice that methods are roosting nearby. I'm sneaking out of the hut. I'm gonna slit both their throats so they know it. <laughs> you sneak up behind them, you have to climb up a little bit of a, a petrified tree, get to the top where they're sitting, but you're right behind them now, and they, they their, their eyelids look droopy, they, and they're not aware of you at all. His neck is only I, about an inch and a half thick, because you just pop his head right off. Let the bodies hit the floor! DC-11 dex save. So there's two little popping sounds. Pop, pop, as they both explode in a burst of magma, but you're easily able to dodge out of the way. Moo sneaks back into the hut. We know that there is, you know, only eight hours to travel, six hours to travel. We'll say eight if you push through light. And indefinite amounts of of space. So I say we run as fast as we can for these eight, six hours. It's It's forced fucking force march like jogging the whole day. Well, the giant goat might come in handy to give people rest. Correct. So oh, yeah. you're, the goat is climbing over rough terrain <laughs> while Varian sits on it and, and, and casts his cantrip with one hand down, sweeping a path for you guys to run along. Um, okay. I want to, while we're taking our rest tonight, uh, I want to take the trees and try to just experiment with it. Um, see if, like, how the magic of the fine staff affects it. As you put different seeds in contact with the blight, they wither, waste away, and die. That's not true of the mushrooms, who seem to take root, but be very slow-growing. Not This is not an ideal environment even for them. Like, some things are able to survive, but not many. Um, and that mostly is fungus and things that consume death. Druidic magic, this place is reeking with druidic magic, but it's been corrupted. Destroyed and corrupted by like a virus that that, that came from within its own magic. So just, something used ooh. the elven druidic magic against the forest. Exactly. After a night of forced march, our heroes again are prepared to set up Jennifer's tiny hut. But this time, they kill the mephit that roosts here before it stirs for the morning. Another mephit comes to roost here at nightfall. Well, right the in the exact spot where the other mephit blew up. Hmm. That's so method. 22 and 21, notice that method never goes to sleep. That son of a method. They know we're here. That's fine. I will just sneak out there and shh. No, fucking cross no, no, his no, ass. No, 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 wait. There's probably others keeping watch. We need to stealth away from here. I'm gonna cast the sleep spell. He, he, he just falls asleep right there and just sort of <laughs> right there on the top of the log, doesn't even fall down. Oh, cutie. Alright, guys, let's sneak on out of here. Can we sneak out of there? 
We rolled a minimum of 26. 26 was our lowest roll? Yeah. Correct. Alright, as you guys sneak out of there, you realize there's about five other methods that were seated in positions you couldn't see. Yeah. That were watching that, that uh, exit area. And uh, they don't seem to notice you. All of them are awake. <laughs> but you do sneak away without them noticing. After another night of forced march, exhaustion is setting in. You, you find not a tree this time, but like a little sort of natural cave sort of thing. Uh, that looks like it once held water, uh, but now it does not. And, uh... Mimu, would you mind doing a little scouting inside this cave? I got a funny feeling on what lies ahead. <laughs> like, maybe this is a goblin cave. Hmm. Down, down, 30. <clears throat> Alright, Mimu, you sneak up ahead there, and you see there, uh, uh, inside this little cave, it looks like it opens into, like, several little rooms, and, uh, one of them does have a small campfire. Ooh. Going. Interesting. Going I observe the campfire. There looks to be about 20 small creatures moving around that room. It is a goblin cave. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! There's goblins. Absolutely, and we could cast the hut and sleep there for a day, and they'd probably never notice us. Then let's sneak in, sleep for a day, or the day, and hope they don't notice. Alright, stealth checks! (laughs) As you guys all try to sneak past the goblins, who are... There's two posted at the door, but they are chatting with each other. Alright, you guys sneak in there, they don't seem to notice you at all. Uh, the, two, yeah. the two at the door, the two at the door just start like looking around, talking to each other like... Kevin, Gabe spent a lot of time developing the intricate goblin <laughs> grammar. <laughs> in fact, there's an entire dictionary, if you want to look it up online, it all starts with I M. <laughs> They, they, they've started drinking now. Some, some <laughs> swill that they have in one of the pouches that they head back and forth and are ignoring you. All right. You guys cast a spell ten feet away from them while twenty of their friends dance around and scream at each other uh, in a room nearby. And once we're in the hut, we can make as much noise as we want and they can't hear shit! <laughs> the private party. Yeah. Alright, so you guys get inside and start your own party. And uh, we're, we're playing, we're like people watching, we're like making fun of them and and while they're talking, we're putting words in their mouth. Yeah, you're like naming them. Yeah, making our own little show. <laughs> that one, I'm naming him Grasshopper. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, 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 That's just their actual names. <laughs> that's not a joke. I thought you were making up new names. <laughs> that's, that's racially insensitive is what that is, Isaac. Yeah, after the third day of forced marching. Yeah, the third day of forced marching. Seeing any I'm giving you guys light. all a point of exhaustion. After what? three days of forced marching, yeah. But well, we're covering lots of territory. You're covering a lot of ground, but you are getting exhaustion. Uh, and at the end of the day, it still seems like you're in the same sort of territory as you were at the beginning of the day. Uh, flat, open area with with just uh, no no real features except some rolling hills in place. After another full night of travel, exhausted out of their minds, they finally stumble out of the blighted lands. It's still a rocky desert of hell, but it wants the occasional cactus and occasional a little more lizard life going on here. And very, and I'm and the sure, color, feels the immediate change. Yes, right? you immediately feel like a weight's been lifted off you. There's also an obvious color change. It, it turns back to like regular brownish gray stone rather than this weird blue color. Uh, two more days, and you notice up in front of you a, a large green tree juts out of the stone um, and is about 65 feet tall. Could even Mumu investigate the surrounding area? You notice that there is sort of uh, trap doors that go down. They seem built 
well built and pretty well concealed uh, trap doors that go down into the stone. Varian approaches the tree. This is a non-natural tree in the sense that it's a creature of pure magic. Ooh, uh, a dryad? No, a tree. It's a, it's a different kind of, of being altogether. Something far more powerful, far older than the dryad. Something so ancient as to feel like it has been here since time began. Whoa. Um, I want to, uh, I'm going to speak to the tree. Uh, I'm a druid and a gardener. My name is Varian. Uh, I'll let it commune to me. I reached out. You find yourself moving into, being pulled into the tree, and you emerge through the tree, and you step out of the most enormous tree trunk you've ever seen into a garden, floored with thick, lush grass. The, uh, the, the roof above you is a canopy of, of vines and flowers and trees. And he just disappears from He just Kadeem walks into the tree. Huh? I run up to the tree. <laughs> Not touch it. Marion! Marion! You run up to the tree, you bump into it, there's its tree. Like, really big tree. I pull out my sword and I stab the tree. I bolt over to the trap door, and since I know it's not trapped because I rolled a one for my investigation skill, <laughs> yeah, I pop that sucker open so I can start going down trying to find Varian. Okay, go ahead and make a reflex save, a dex save. What? A, a rock comes smashing out of one wall and smashes against the butt. You are able to lean back out after moving through the door frame. You're able to hop back out as it slams together and then opens, revealing the hallway. Okay. Jennifer walks up and she's like, Hey, Mr. Tree, you ain't Varian. <laughs> what are you... Do you feel a spell being cast upon you? The tree, a door opens in front of you. I walk through. And you find yourself next to Varian. Varian, you see yourself in this beautiful garden. Roll a nature check. You sense that this is a, the growth, the, the uh, meditation growth of a powerful druid. And you know where the center of that power is just... You sense it. You feel where that is. It's in front of you. Okay. Yeah, I walk right towards it. Okay. Jennifer follows Gideon. I mean, Varian. Okay. As you guys approach, you see an enormous being sitting. The ceiling has been carved up to make a much taller here, up to about 80 feet. And it takes all but 10 feet of those with its height. And it is seated. It is, uh, it breathes, it's like a stone creature covered in green vines and flowers. It, it has like a blue light in its eyes that's almost mechanical. And it turns, those those eyes sort of open and look at you, and it, it, this thing is massive. Uh, and it looks like a stone giant on steroids mixed with a all-time powerful druid. Hot diggity. Alright. So I look at my potion of stone giant strength, and I look at him. <laughs> Believe it, his, his is way better. With your nature check, you notice this is all so beautiful and so green, and yet there's a little bit of a browning on the edges of the leaves. And on the trees, there's a few limbs that should have leaves that don't have them. Fine, just Everything is a little bit yellow. A lot of the grass has just got a tinge of yellow right at the tip, and it just seems all a little bit off to you. There's a whiff of a very familiar smoke in the air. Toward. As you watch that creature, it, you, you eventually you see, oh, there's its face, there's its mouth, and you see that it is, in fact, breathing, and just creeping out of its nostrils is that smoke. Very slowly, like it's breathing like at a microscopic pace. 
but there's a smoke just curling up from his nose. I want to see, I want to ask him, like, are you, uh, hurt to me? You hear a sort of a rumbling as the creature, like, you see his arms sort of spring out a little bit and some of the vines have to pop because they've grown together over his arms as he sort of moves them. And you see this enormous creature, immense wingspan becomes obvious to you as his arms, he just stares at you. Very weak, sort of windy, gusty voice clears out the smoke around his nose as he says, I am Ertmead. Oh, uh, wonderful. We've, uh, me and a few companions have come very far to, uh, meet you. I've noticed some of your leaves are, uh, looking a little brown. Are you, are you sick? Better than most, you understand. Hmm. I don't suppose you, uh, happen to be, uh, plagued by, uh, entity that calls itself Droroth, are you? He just breathes and says, don't ask questions for you already for the answer. Hmm. I was just wondering if you knew the answer, but that is good to know. Uh, say I couldn't, uh, couldn't top you off with a little, uh, greenery magic here, could I? And, uh, show him the staff. The fine staff. He, he looks down at it, looks at you. He says, sit. I take a seat. He looks at you, Jennifer. He says, sit. I walk up. I sit down and start playing my little flute. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, little background music. Yeah. Okay, switching away. Bolting down uh, the stairs. All right, you're bolting down the stairs. Mumu catches up with you eventually as you guys get to the bottom of the stairs. As you get down to the doorway, you see it's a double door that is uh, barred from the inside. You speak Dwarven, right? Oh, yes, because of my belt of Dwarven guy. You see Dwarven runes. Left for safe, right for death. Everyone this way. Nice, okay, so we proceed. Alright, so you guys enter and you find yourself immediately faced with uh, two dwarves. Like earth uh, dwarves? Earth dwarves. They are, instead of the yellow, goldish, or sort of light brown skinned sand dwarves that you're used to, uh, you're seeing dark colored, earth colored dwarves. Like uh, Stellenstrad. Uh, yeah, yeah from, like the ones from Stellenstrad. Uh, very unusual on the surface. They, there's two guards, and they're wearing guard uniforms and carrying heavy axes. Um, and, they, and one of them turns to you and says, Who goes there? And he sort of holds up his hand for you to stop. Brethren! Mumu was sneaking. Uh-huh. And hopefully, before she was noticed, she had an opportunity to disguise herself as an earth dwarf. All things are possible when you have a 20 dex. Uh, name please. Gustav. Francisco von Hellman. Francisco von Hellman? He like, he looks at you, I don't remember that name. You're, you're from Mordek then? Of course. Ah, then, uh, are as they, is, are they with- my party. Uh, the, the human? With you? Yes. Alright, uh, come on in then, come on in. They both stand out of the way. Alright, we enter. Alright, you enter us, but- Toward Also about the gold, as a go-by. He takes it eagerly. So you walk into the city. Uh, you see, this is a well-built, well-maintained Dwarven city. Um, it's built inside a main wall, which you pass through here. That wall is sort of a sphere that encompasses an enormous 3D sphere of a city. That city is overgrown with vines and flowers, which are over these sort of magically sealed stone-built contraptions that have no seam. Can I see where, like, maybe that giant tree has taken root down here? Yes, it appears in the same direction as the tree from above. It's towards the center of town. Alright, then, um, I, like, tap Mumu, hey, we should start heading towards those roots. In days past, Kadim was gifted a memory stone that holds the memories of a dwarven hero named Gunter Stellenhaus. 
when in a place that Gunter has been, Kadim can use the stone to interact with Gunter's memory. There is a beautiful grove growing out what it used to be, looks like it used to be, or maybe still is, a giant temple to the Mother Earth. I like was, the one you saw in Stellastrum. I had been at one scene, like over the course of our journey, like to pull out that green stone and just commune with like maybe the past Gunter, just kind of like get a glimpse of things. Yes, indeed. Walking in front of you on one of the streets is Gunter, and he just walks past, and you could like easily catch up to him. Boom! Oh, I'm really trying to catch up to him, actually, if I can. I'm like, hey, Gunter. Okay, he's moving towards the temple. He is. Yes. Is he gonna respond to me at all? Uh, he says, "Quick, we've got to get to the temple." Why? What's up, man? I've been meaning to find you, ask you about some things, but you seem uh, you, you seem kind of urgent. What's going on? I can talk to you, but I cannot not do what I must do. Look, I got a letter I'm supposed to give you. <laughs> from uh, Stellenstrad? Come to the temple. Coming. Right now. Alright. Okay. So, you immediately find yourself inside the temple. In front of you is Varian and Jennifer. You guys see them already seated on the ground uh, and like in a meditative pose next to this enormous moss-covered giant that is also sitting in this temple. Alright, you see Gunter has uh, walked to the center of the stone, like the center of the power of the of the, of the stone temple. And he is standing there, and you can see that he is communing. Not actually communing, but doing the same action. He says, come. I go over there. Okay, so he looks like he's doing something with the stone, but you can't feel anything. Right. And it seems like he's doing it in his time, not in your. Ask questions, my son. Is there anywhere I can find you in the material plane? You can find me anywhere I have been before. Okay, well the people in Stellenstrad need your help. They have asked me to give you this letter and I need to give it to you. Do you know, like, can you tell me where your last um, stop? If I am gone, I am in the holy temple of the mother. That is where I will either succeed or fail. Well then I can't, damn, I can't get you out of there. Okay, I pull out the letter. Yes. And I read it to him. Okay, so you break the seal, open the letter, and read it to him. It's in the mayor's uh, handwriting. Master Gunter, we, we are dying. Where are, the, where are the young people? Brings it back to us. That's the whole message. Okay. So I passed it on to him. He says to you, They are in prisons throughout the land. All the districts have prisons. All of them hold vast numbers of our kind. One final question before I go. Kadim's guardian when he was growing up was a cleric named Doc Lefty. His last words to Kadim were to stay away from the Sun Elf temples. There, he said there was something in there that pulled at his soul. Do you know anything about this? They are using our souls as a power source. We do not know for what. Do you know any way to fight this one? I can only think of one that I can never accomplish. Open a connection twilight realm. Break the barrier to the twilight realm. Between the two realms? Like, permanently? They've sealed off this realm so that only what they want can come in. The twilight realm is where the dead souls go. The dead souls should go there. Instead, they're using them. Thank you, Gunter. I'll come and talk to you again soon. Okay. And I stop communion. Not really a religious type, Mumu avoids the temple and wanders about the town taking in the sights and inquiring 
if there may be any moon elves about. Okay, let's hear you ask a couple of guys who walk past you. They're smoking uh, something you recognize. They, uh, one of them looks at you. And Where are the weird elves? elves is what, what I ask. One of them says, "Yeah, uh, well, there is a bunch of uh, there is a bunch of uh, there's a there's a play in town. They say it's performed by some weird elves." Thank you. At when? Where? Uh, yeah, they're there every day, but man, they're expensive. I can't afford it. Thank you. Appreciate it. As you move through the city streets, though, Mumu, it's very surprising how many people are smoking that draw rock herb. Really? That's what I was thinking, dude. City full of addicts. Dude, it's like most of the people. Oh. As you as you pass by buildings, you see smoke wafting out of the doors in some cases. So Kadim is talking to a memory. Mumu is wandering around the smoke-filled streets. And we cut back to Jennifer and Varian, seated in the grove. You're seated, waiting, and he doesn't speak for a while until you guys had time to meditate and like fall into a, a, a trance almost. You see, feel him speaking almost through the trees, through the environment to you, not using his own voice. The whole grove is talking. If I cast tongues on myself, that allows me to speak and be understood and also hear and understand any language, any spoken language. That's an idea. Yeah, there's sort of, it's, it's a very slow, like a harmonized thing. They all, they live, they live a thousand years. They got time to meditate. Droroth has come. Droroth. Long pause. Breathing. I see him. I know where he is. I see him. I see him. Roll a uh, wisdom check, both of you. You guys both are seeing an image of a city. It, it's, it's almost in your mind's eye. It's almost like it replaces where Urtumiga is. And you see a, a, a city built out of obsidian-colored rock floating above a sea of lava beneath a uh, giant blue swirling dome rock floats above in inside the earth like a moon. The city is built with stark like obsidian spires that rise around a main spire in the center. Okay. And you said this is floating on a rock above... It, there's a rock levitating above a sea of lava. But we're not there, we're just seeing it. You're just seeing it. It's almost like it took the place of Ertemy, and then it fades away after a few minutes. And Ertemy is sitting there again. Okay. Is that where uh, Droroth is coming from? He is there. He needs to go home. Where is home for him? The Astral Realm. That's a hard place to get to. It is. Especially because we are sealed. They steal us off. They keep us from contacting our sister realms. Varoth is in this drow city and he needs to get to the astral astral plane. Is he the one causing the disease? His agent, Tordenier. Tord? Tord? Tord is doing this. He came here weeks ago. That little son? He brought this addiction that kills us and enslaves us. Oh, not like Tord. He sells it, uh, extols its virtues. He's a dealer. Well, that's great. Our heroes had suspected that Tord was up to no good but they could not have expected his addiction to take over this town. 
Join us next time on Oppressed by Sun, when our heroes confront Tord, the drug-pushing hippie, and his girlfriend, Varian's mother, Drusilia. Will they find a peaceful way to resolve this conflict? Unlikely, how many will have to die? That is the real question. You can visit us at oppressedbysun.com for maps, lore, a whole lot more. And as always, thanks for listening. See ya.